I know I make you afraid. Nigga be very afraid. Tryna put dirt on my name. Tryna put dirt on my name. Big body whips every day. I'm in the Welcome back. We have returned for the 2018 final episode of the No Clue Podcast. Uh, 2018. What a year. What a year. It's been a strange year. Yeah. It has. It has. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike. And I'm Tyler. And we go cover the news quickly today because we got we got the year to wrap up. We got to review some stuff. What was good about the year? What was not so good? Right, that is correct. So, uh, yeah, we'll get to the sports news quick. What do we got first? The big one was LeBron's groin. Yeah, shout out to LeBron. Prayers to LeBron. Uh, I think he'll be okay. Uh, I talked to. I'm doing physical therapy right now. Mm-hmm. And and the guy I'm working with, he's he was telling me that of all the injuries to have, like even if it's serious, if he like tore it or ruptured it, mm-hmm. uh, it's still the recovery time is you know not insane. Maybe it's like two three months at most. Okay. All right, that's good to hear. He should it's be okay. Games. Yeah, they listed him as kind of day to day. Oh okay, yeah. So. All right. Um, so, I mean, does this really hurt the Lakers that much? I you? think they'll be fine. If anything, yeah, it helps. It helps? Yeah. I, I think it allows Lonzo to get a little more comfortable, Brandon Ingram to get a little bit more comfortable. He's the one who's kind of been the outcast. Ingram? Ingram, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's been the trade bait, whether he likes it or not. Right. Um, I mean, I loved okay. how he played on Christmas. Oh yeah, for he sure. was he was taking it to Durant. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was a good game. Christmas games. You got any um special observations regarding I, the Christmas games? I do. I do like how the Bucks looked, even though I know they played the Knicks. Mhm. I think. They they were the only team, well, other than the Jazz, that really impressed me. Okay. Because I got to say, I didn't watch the Jazz game, but I watched the first three games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Rockets won, but they did not look like a good basketball team. I agree. The Thunder did not look like a good basketball team. I agree. And to be honest with you, Philly and Boston both did not look very good. Yep, and I've already I've already lamented how I feel about Philadelphia and their you know, relying on Embiid. Yeah. I've realized that when Simmons has a triple double, their chances to win increase by such a high percentage. When they when he gets a triple double, they play better as a team. I believe I've it. Um, and MB man, MB's one of those guys. You look at his stats, no matter how good his stats are, it doesn't. You can't say you know, oh, MB had forty and twenty. Oh, they must have won. Nah, man, they lost by fifteen. 
that's the kind of guy he's becoming. And, I mean, it's not always his fault, but uh, his the way he plays is misleading when you watch the game. The way his stats look are misleading, I should yeah. say. I think I think he's gotten away from like the basic big man stuff where he's just crashing the boards, you know, getting the putbacks. He's always it's like he's always isoing or always up top trying to make like a fancy play that he really doesn't need to make. Right. And it takes shots away from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um t- tell me more about how you feel about the Bucks though. I'm interested. I like I like what I saw because the Knicks are like one of those bad teams that'll that'll push pretty much anybody, mm-hmm. just because everybody out there is hungry. Everybody's you know fighting to survive in the league or fighting to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, I, the Bucks are really balanced. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen Brogdon's stats, but they've been pretty crazy, honestly. I have. Like the shooting, the shooting percentage. Yeah, they're they're becoming to for me, for me personally. I'm not saying for everyone, but for me personally, they're becoming must watch. Like I don't, I don't like missing Bucks games because they're they're very when they're hot, they're very spectacular because the threes are coming from everywhere. Um, Greek Freak is running the floor. Bledsoe is running the floor. Brogdon is making these crazy hustle plays that turn out to be highlights um lopez is <laughs> playing like a superstar <laughs> <laughs> hitting threes and dunking on people who would have thought <laughs> yeah i mean it's they're kind of a circus out there i like watching them play a lot yeah mike budenholzer's doing a phenomenal job i i tried to tell you man you, you're right he's he was the off season, he's the biggest move of the off season, in my opinion. Other than LeBron, of course. I think Budenholzer was the next biggest grab of the off season because he totally changed the aspect of the Bucks. Yeah, man, he has. It's weird because he plays like he'll play Bledsoe with Brogdon, or he'll play uh, Bledsoe or Brogdon with George Hill. Yeah, and like have three point guards out there at one point. Yeah, I, I was just watching. Like, wow, these guys, like you would never think to put this lineup out there, but watching how they're all playing off of each other, like I get it. Yeah, and then he uses Greek Freak in like three different positions. Yep, I like how he does that. Sometimes Greek Freak is playing center for a little while. Yep, it's like you know he, he it doesn't matter. I guess it's the set plays that he has that makes it work, no matter who's out there. And no matter what the combination is, position-wise, it doesn't matter. And their defense doesn't take any effect, any negative effects from that either, mm-hmm. which is surprising. And they, Hill, what a pickup. He stays, like, proving people wrong just when you write him off. Yeah. Every time. Once he left Indiana, he turned up. Then he came to Cleveland and, like, was okay. Then now that everybody thought he's trash again, like, there he goes, turning up. Yeah, he just needs the environment. And, you know, he's one of those guys you have to just tell him what to do, I think. Yeah. Because it really isn't, and I mean this in a on a small scale, but there's not a lot of flaws in his game. Not that he's like a superstar, but he's not bad at anything. But yeah. he just you just need to tell him what to do, and he can go do anything, seems like. Um, 
obviously I'm not saying like go get 40. Right. But I'm saying it's a certain assignment. If you need him to spot up and hit threes, he'll hit threes. If you need him to guard the best guy, he'll do it. Um He's he's know. a he's just a fundamentally sound player. He really is, yeah. Like he probably could fit or find a, a rotation spot on the majority of the NBA teams. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Did you watch the night game? The Jazz? Yeah. I did I watch all of it? I I, don't, I didn't I didn't watch the fourth quarter, but I watched most of it. Yeah. It wasn't a close game, as far as I remember. Right, it was not. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I heard that the Jazz looked really good. Yeah, man, they did. They're they're starting to pick it up. They beat the Warriors the other day, for I think the second time this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their defense is in that like top five again. Yeah, I think they're they're two and one against the Warriors because that the first game they Jarebko had that tip that right right. Saved the game, and then I think I, they beat them twice since then. I think so. Yeah, they. It's the right time to turn it up for sure. And I, I think I looked. I think I saw on TV that they, this time last year was the same time they turned up. Mitchell too. Like Mitchell was just playing, kind of steady, and then at this time, January is when he started exploding. So yeah, I I really like. Similar to the Bucks, they're so balanced. Yeah, they are. The, the way they move the ball, you never really see guys holding the ball and just killing the offense. Like every, it's always motion. Guys are involved. Everybody's involved. Guy, like they get Derek Favors involved. Like Derek Favors is not good. <laughs> <laughs> you made it seem like such a miracle. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. No, but their right. their bench is really solid too. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, it's they need something, but it is solid. They're missing something though. I don't know what it is. Just like it's something they need to take them over the top, over the hump. I think. Yeah, they need another weapon in the starting lineup. You think so? Yeah, I just think their starting lineup is kind of stiff with Rubio. And, I mean, Ingles is one of the most underrated players in the game. Right. But but their front court isn't really offense-based. Right. And you kind of see it because they usually take uh, favors out of the game pretty quickly and they put Crowder in. Mm -hmm. And Crowder gives them a much better, I think, dynamic of, you know, small ball and they still got like the same... They lose a little bit of size, but they're still locking up. Right. I I think they need a scoring. I mean, I think they need a better point guard, and not not to take away from Rubio. But even if they came off the bench, I think they need a point guard that is capable of like getting thirty. Because when Rubio's not in there, and Exum comes in. Like, the defense, the other team's defense just takes a break. If Mitchell and Rubio isn't in there, the other team's defenses can go to sleep. You're right. And um, Rubio isn't aggressive all the time. When he is aggressive, they play really well. But when he comes out and Exum's not aggressive, they get beat. They get beat on that second team. Because their second team isn't... 
I mean, it's solid, but it's not good when no starters are in there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they usually, they don't have that, like, balance of when to be like Rubio and when to be like Mitchell, where it's, you know, attack mode. And Exum is kind of the flip side to Rubio, where he's always attacking, but it's always, it's usually reckless, it's without any thinking, you know, it's sometimes a bad shot. Most of the time, it tends to be a bad shot. Yeah, and it doesn't produce enough yeah. for him to keep doing it. Like he'll be aggressive for twenty minutes and only have eight points. <laughs> like why were you doing all that for just right. eight points? You know, it, let John Wall be aggressive for twenty minutes. He's coming out with you know at least eighteen or something like that. You know, yeah. maybe not this year, but normally Westbrook, those guys, obviously they're starting point guards, but Schroeder. Um, DJ Augustine, even, <laughs> when he's aggressive, he puts yeah. up more than eight. Yeah, he's a good player. So I, I think uh, I think they're missing, like, a aggressive guard. That probably isn't all they're missing, but I think that would really help their game. Uh, like you said, another weapon, a threat. I don't think Exum is a threat. Not for me, if I was. No, I wouldn't be worried about him. Yeah. I like the Jazz though, man. I, I definitely, I definitely think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think, um, I do think they're gonna turn their record around. And uh, I think. Turn, go ahead. Go ahead. Who who were you gonna who were you gonna mention? Because I I might have gone the same way. Uh, the Rockets turning their record around. They're trying. Yeah. Without CP. I'm. I gotta admit, Harden has been out of his mind the last, like, week or two. Harden is an MVP candidate just from one week. <laughs> I watched him yesterday against uh, Boston. Yeah, I watched it too. That was... He made them look foolish. That was just not fair. <laughs> it just didn't seem fair at all. Yeah. And Christmas Day, he was kind of the same way. What He didn't shoot as, as efficiently, but... Man, that little step back, the little crossover, it's really unstoppable. It is, yeah. Um, but that's my issue with them, man. They're, they're still the same team. No. The greenhouse effect. <laughs> the greenhouse effect. The game changer. I'm not going to lie. Daniel House has contributed. Daniel House is playing like a beast. And I'm not joking. He's really going off out of nowhere. Yeah, he had like Dunking 18, 20 a couple times. Like, Yeah, like, I, I'm happy for him, but he's not going to help them go anywhere in the playoffs. But the way he's playing now, he's he, he'll be a starter for a while, I think. You know what I saw? Uh, I saw them on Christmas, and the thing I did like... When they get Capella like involved and he's just eating on the glass, yeah, it it helps them a lot. Yeah, it does. They got that back line where their defense is automatically much better. Also, when Capella scores off the rebound, I think they play better. Like last year, the year or the year before last, Capella would get a rebound and kick it out every time. Then they just try to shoot another three. And get a rebound, he'd kick it back out. And another three. Now, I don't know if it's, if it's the 14 seconds now, but when he gets rebounds, he is looking to score. Like, 
I mean, he's looking to kick out still, but he's also scoring off that rebound, making offensive points. Yeah. And um, I mean, put back points. I mean, and this it's helping them, man. It's getting some points on the board quicker, and uh, their percentage is looking better because of that. Yeah, I think his confidence has shot up too. I mean, obviously he's been getting better and better with as the years have gone on in Houston. Yeah, and that and that money, that payday. <laughs> I'll make your confidence go up too. You're right. Um, you said the Thunder didn't look like a good team. They looked exactly like what people criticized them for last year. <laughs> Which was what? Which was Westbrook making ridiculously dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. Paul George being nowhere to be found when you need him most. Mm-hmm. And just no other contributions. I said this before, and I'll say it again. I may not have said it on the podcast, but I've definitely said it out loud. The Thunder are going to have to make a choice between Westbrook and Paul George. Wow. Yeah. Wow. If they want to be successful, they're going to have to make a choice. In my opinion. You know what pissed, what pissed me off the most about the Christmas game was Schroeder and like Steven Adams were keep and even Grant were keeping them in the fucking game. Grant was playing great. Yeah, and Schroeder was getting to the rack like at will. Yeah, he was. And I was just watching like, dude, this is the kind of game that, you know, you have to win. Like you just, if you're a good team, you close the game. Yep. And, and... I mean, Russell was out there. I, I really couldn't tell you some of the things he was doing. Westbrook is not a good leader. Let's start. Let's start there. He's not a good leader. Um, I think he tries, but I don't think he understands what it means to be a leader. I mean, let me not say that because I don't know him, but it looks like he's leading in the wrong way for that team. Like, leading doesn't mean just taking the most shots and just taking the ball every time you get it, you know? Yeah. Um, and he makes plays, but not really. Like, driving and, dish- driving and kicking is not making plays. And I think Westbrook is comfortable doing that and is, like, content with doing that. And it's not really making the team any better, just driving and kicking. Yeah, I mean, he's still getting his triple-doubles. Yeah, that's all he cares about, though. It, it's starting to seem like it. Yeah, and the team... Like I said, man. They gotta pick between who they want to be their... their <laughs> I can't team. go I can't go that far, because Paul George has been phenomenal outside of Christmas. Right. You know, and I'm gonna give him a pass for one bad game. Now, he's, he's done I'm this before. This, I'm not saying this because of Paul George. I'm saying it because of Westbrook. I know, but Westbrook, it seemed like, was also taking a step back prior to Christmas. But I just, I worry. Yeah, I worry that they're going to get to the playoffs and, you know, the pressure ramps up. Everybody's talking about what the problem is. And you just, you start forcing it again. You go back to your old habits. Like, the Thunder cannot do that. Yeah, but whose fault would it be if they go back to the old habits? Russell Westbrook. That's my point. Exactly. You're right. No, it comes down to him. Yeah, and the thing is, if they had 
if if CP was the point guard on there, would they go back to their old habits? No. That that's what I'm saying. That and that's the thing. The team is gonna have to choose whether they want Westbrook to lead them into wherever they're going, or they want to have a actual superstar. No offense to Westbrook, because he's a he's a star, but someone who can actually lead them as a superstar into the playoffs and take over a game in a good way. Westbrook, when Westbrook takes over games, it's statistic wise, but it's not winning. You know. Yeah. Um. My thing is, he just never, like, he just can't seem to learn how to pace himself. No. And the, and the few times he does, like, it shows, because he'll get 18 quick, easy points, and then he'll get the 15 and, like, 15 assists, 15 rebounds. Yeah. And they'll dominate, like, the Thunder will dominate somebody. Yeah. And then he'll turn around, and he'll start forcing it on Austin Rivers, which, I get it, Austin Rivers is not good. I would force it on him, too. But, like, dude, if you've taken two or three shots and you haven't scored, like, you got to let somebody else touch the ball. Paul George should not only be taking one more shot a game than Westbrook. One. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Westbrook is attempting five threes a game. (laughs) That is ridiculous. He's making one a game. He's shooting twenty four. Dude, he took percent from the field. He took one on Christmas. Like, I was sitting there around, you know, there was kids and like elder people, and I almost like cussed. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Like, I had to catch. I had to catch myself. Like, what the? F-? And, like, I stopped. <laughs> but I was like sitting there. I was like, "Dude, I like, how can you have been playing basketball so long?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It was after he made one, I think. That's what made it even worse. Like he had just hit one. He comes down next play and sizes up another three pointer. He thinks he's on fire. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know, man. He's he's, he's gotta figure it out. Yeah, he does. He definitely has to figure it out, man. I mean Is he still leading the league in turnovers? <laughs> I think Harden's up there, but I Harden gotta be up there. Him, him and Harden have always, like, the past three, four years have broken records for that shit. <laughs> yeah, they have. <laughs> let, let me check for sure. I can't tell you how Harden does that because I feel like Harden shoots every time. Harden is number one. Westbrook is number two. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> 5.4 for Harden, 4.6 for Westbrook. Come on, man. You can't be leading the team in turnovers dude and taking you know only one shot less than the yeah. star and you're not scoring a lot like at least Harden is averaging 30 points a game yeah Westbrook's sc- scoring is down which is crazy yeah um he's let's see points per game he's averaging 20 yeah, he's averaging 20. He's averaging six less than Paul George, but only takes one less shot. Yeah, the math is off there. <laughs> right. And uh, and I feel like they have to have, you know, all these NBA teams have five to ten coaches sitting on the sideline. Like, people got to be keeping track of that. 
Dude, that's that's my point. They have to the team has to choose. It's not about Westbrook getting better. It's about the team choosing what to do with the future. Yeah. Paul George needs to be the future of that team if they want to want to succeed. They could trade Westbrook and get three players and you know, play around Paul George and you know, and they have nice pieces, man. They do. Like dude, yeah. Schroeder is serious. He's serious, man. He really is. Adams is Adams is amazing. Yeah, like the improvement. Remember, I said Beal has improved more than anyone I've seen. Right. Adams is right there next to him for sure. The things Adams does, I never imagined he would be able to do. Bro, those, those floaters he hits <laughs> yeah. have me shook every single time. Those one hand hook floaters. Yeah, and from fifteen feet away. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, and they're always nothing but net every time. Yeah, it, he's he's incredible. They have a big three. Westbrook like needs his own team to just do whatever he wants. He's you know he had that that first year, the first year KD left. Yeah, with Oladipo. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was living the life. And he was MVP, right? Of course. And he should have been. He deserved it. Right. But now. But you remember, uh, people forget he was get he got to the playoffs, faced the Rockets, and all four games they lost, he would go into the fourth quarter with forty plus, and finish with like three extra points. <laughs> right. He starts jacking. Yeah. You know, and I we also had this conversation. It, teams they need a batman and robin they do it needs to be a robin on the team it can't be two batmans it can't be batman and superman it can't be you know you know what i'm saying it has to be someone who doesn't play it has to be a secondary person that's all it has to be a primary star and a secondary star and when teams win championship teams always have one they have a duo like that. Westbrook, he can't think he's Batman when Paul George is actually being Batman. You know? Yeah, I like I agree with everything you're saying. It's, Am I ready to, to like go into the whole the team has to choose between the two? I, I'm not ready to say that. But you see why I'm saying But that. I do understand. And if the year turns out the same as last year, they go into the playoffs and they disappoint. I mean, they they have to look at it with a fresh perspective, <laughs> right? I gotcha. They are they do have them um, as a backcourt. They're number one and two in steals, right, in the league. It's yeah, I mean, were for a while. I mean, steals are overrated to me, but no, I mean, they're they've been a like Paul George has been a great defender. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And Westbrook is capable. He doesn't always buy into playing defense but when he does like he's had games where he'll shut down Harden you know for a stretch or some other like great player yeah he does so but, you know if he wasn't trying so hard on offense he might be able to do it for a longer time if he took 10 you know not 10 but if he took six less shots on offense maybe and you know let Paul George take six more Maybe he would be able to play better defense. 
You know what the other thing is? Like, just to agree with what you're saying, but rather than taking five threes, take five extra layups. Yeah. Like, dude, you could get a layup anytime you want. Take ten free throws. Right. With those five layups. I mean, yeah. We, I think we've covered it pretty much. We'll, we'll yeah, keep an eye on how they're doing. You know, it's still a long season. It is. It is indeed. Who, who else played that we, uh, that we did not? Well, Kyrie Irving was uh, full-on Uncle Drew mode. Yeah, Christmas and yesterday. Yep. Was that yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's got that jumper going, man. He's hard to stop. Yeah, he is. He's he's the man. I mean, I don't even know what to say. What is there to say? There isn't. I just, I hope he, I'm like, I'm expecting him to really take that team over. Uh, it feels like, it feels like he's kind of just like, he'll hang back and then like, he'll have a bad game and he'll say some shit like, oh, I could do anything I want, but I got to get these other guys involved. And then he'll come out and carry them against the Sixers, like, like he put them on his back. Yeah. So I just, granted, I don't know how sustainable that is for a guy who, I don't think he's ever played more than four months without an injury. <laughs> right. And I don't mean to like dis, like make fun of him, but he really like has he played a full year. Even even the first couple of years, he was getting the face mask or like missing games for an ankle or whatever you it was. Play your full college year, right? <laughs> so yeah, I don't think he's played a full year. If he has. I'd be surprised. Celtics don't look very good. I will say. Celtics need to make some trades. They're they're just it's all these guys that are trying to like fit in, but they don't really know like how. They act like they're the monsters to me. <laughs> like everyone is, like everyone is super powered. Like everyone can do all the same stuff, but it's when Kyrie goes off and Kyrie leads the team is when they play good, and everyone else is being role players like they are. Yeah, that's when they play good. They're not an all star team. They act like they're an all star team. They're team really things. not. This. There's no game that anyone should have more shots than Kyrie. Nobody. No what? two players should have as many shots. No, as not at all. Absolutely not. But the thing that pisses me off, like for example, Tatum, watching him, like he'll take, like he'll go stretches without shooting the ball, and then like he'll they'll just ISO him. <laughs> yeah. Like and they'll just like uh, go, tell him to go to work basically and like here from every now and then he'll you know he'll get hot and he'll hit tough shots, right? But like that is such a terrible way to in- involve any any individual player. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, like when you play AAU and they, um, like there wasn't really plays. People just yeah. came down and it yeah. would just be whoever had the ball would just go get a bucket. That's yeah, how they play. It's terrible. And it's the thing is, it's not Stevens' fault. And I don't want people to blame it on Stevens. It's not his fault. It's Tatum and it's well, maybe it is his fault. But no, I blame the guys like Jalen Brown, the Terry Rogiers, yes. yes. the the little role. 
and the one guy who has kind of defeated this this myth is is Morris. Oh, Morris is playing amazing. Without Morris, they would not be in the playoffs right now. Yeah, both Morris's this year. I don't know what they did this summer, but they have been playing great. They're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Marcus. Yeah, he's he is their savior for sure. No matter where he he comes off the bench, some games he starts some games, and he always plays the same, consistent. He's the most consistent player on the team. Yeah, and, it, and he you, plays within himself. You know what shows that the coaches see what we're saying is they stuck Marcus Smart into the starting lineup, <laughs> just to make sure that someone out there isn't taking crazy shots. Right, and and Smart does take crazy shots, <laughs> but Smart will bust his ass on the other end. Yeah, he will. Yeah. Like, dude, and he doesn't take. He may take crazy shots, but he doesn't take a lot of them. Right, he'll he'll relax. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If he misses one, he's one of those guys that he'll airball a three, and then he'll catch it again wide open and not take it. Right, like, man. I airballed that last one. I like I <laughs> like that. Like, dude, yeah, he, you're not a shooter. You shouldn't be jacking them. Like, I I like that. Right. Yeah. But. Dude, take, um, Rozier specifically, as much as I like him. If he airballs a three, wide open, he's taking another one. And he's taking the next one and the next one and the next one. No matter who's guarding him. <laughs> no matter what the score is. You know. Dude, I swear, I swear something happened this offseason where Eric Bledsoe took his powers back. I told you, Bledsoe's been playing. He's been playing, man. He was, I, I loved everything he did on Christmas. Oh, yeah. But and, and on the other side, Rogier looks like he's this like the first year you know scrub that people saw him as. It just shows it shows maturity. Yeah, you know? exactly. The, team, the whole team lacks maturity. And Jalen Brown, get him out of there. <laughs> I'm done with him, man. He's, dude, I've been saying he's not good. I was sitting there. I was sitting there on Christmas, pointing out like, "Look, Jalen. Like, you see Jalen Brown. You remember he used to start." And a, a friend of mine who also like watches NBA casually was just like, "No, nah, man, he's good. Like, he's a good player. Like, dude, he's not. He's not. And, and it shows." The thing is, I think he has potential, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And it sounds blasphemous, but I mean, he reminds me a lot of Kawhi Leonard. Young Kawhi Leonard, first year Kawhi Leonard, even though Jalen's in his third. third, in his third year, he reminds me of like first two years Kawhi Leonard, in their skills, not the not how they play, because Kawhi played obviously with, he played in the Spurs offense, so it's yeah. different. But, um, I see a lot of the raw athleticism, the lack of skill. But potential that if he had some skill, he might be really good. That's how I see Jalen Brown. I just think he's on the wrong team to do that, though. He's, that's not going to happen. He's not going to, like, blossom in on the Celtics. It's at least not playing how he plays, thinking he's a star. My... He tries to take guys one-on-one with no moves. Yeah. He tries to take, like, contested threes all of a sudden. And, like, he just learned how to shoot threes last year. Like, I don't think he's learned how to shoot him. I'll be honest with you. 
He'll make he some. Started making a couple. Yeah, he made right? a few. Yeah. But the thing is, they put him out there, and like you could just see, he has no clue what he's out there for. Right. Like you can't really tell me watching Celtics games. Like, all right, you put Jalen Brown in, like for what? You yeah. don't really know. And we, talk, and we talked about that here. It is they have no roles. It's just yeah. they all go out there and they're all stars, but they're not playing their role. You know, and I think when we talked about it, we used the Wizards, right? As a no, yep. no, we were talking about the Wizards, but um, for instance, like the Seventy Sixers, when Wilson Chandler knows what he's doing out there, three and D, nothing else. Wilson Chandler does literally nothing else but play defense and hit threes, take threes. And, and he'll hit the right boards. Out. Yeah, yeah, and hit the boards sometimes, but only on opportunity. Yeah. He doesn't go in there looking to crash. Uh, J.J. Redick. Space, space the floor and keep your man in front of you. And nothing else. Yep. And that's perfect. No one on Boston, except for Smart and Morris, only play their role, their game. Like Horford... Dude, it's like a whole another player every game. That's what <laughs> every time they talk about him, it's always, oh, he's a mismatch. Like regular centers can't guard him, dude. He's not a fucking mismatch if you're exploiting his, you know, whoever's checking him for eight points and five rebounds. Right. Like, what is the point of having put Aaron play Aaron Baines more? Right. It, it just, I don't know, man. It certain players just. Go get out there, and I just I really don't understand what they're doing. And there's there's a variety of reasons to to explain it, but either, either way, it's frustrating. Yeah, man. And I like Boston a little bit, just a little bit. And Hayward, I get it. Hayward is going to take time to come back. I understand. And um. I mean, he's coming back a little bit. Yeah. You know? I can see every game he's getting better and better. Um, but for me, I can't, I'm not going to lose games because, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because I need to get Hayward back. We made the playoffs without him last year. So it's not like it, they need to bring him back. That's what I mean. It, at least it doesn't seem like it. But. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, I think that's it for basketball news. Yeah, um, I don't have any football news, do you? Yeah, I really didn't. I know some of the some of the teams locked there in their spots. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys clinched the division. Uh, Patriots did too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't remember like what the what important games are this week. I think Minnesota's playing for a spot. I want to say um, e- the Eagles still have a chance of getting in <laughs> as a wa- as a wild card long shot. But Eagles are so trash. Yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it uh, after the playoff seeds are set. Oh yeah, um, the college playoffs start tomorrow, right? I believe so, yeah. Are you gonna be you gonna be watching any of that? Um Nah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I wanna catch uh, Alabama and Oklahoma. 
Uh, yeah. Is it Oklahoma that they're playing? Yeah, yeah. Kyler the, and Notre Dame play. Yeah, the two the two Heisman's kind of going at it. Or the two, you know, the guy who maybe should have been versus the guy who won it. Uh-huh. I think that'll be exciting. But in turn, like, I mean, I do have plans tomorrow, so I very well could not be watching the game. Right. Uh, I'm, I mean, my eye is going to be on it, but I'm not going to be watching. So, um, what other sports? Is that it? I think so. That's that's the only two I've been even like noticing: football and basketball. Right. Um, you want to talk about our predictions for their basketball? That's right. Awards? Yeah, we got to get into the awards. Yeah. Um, Which one first? MVP. Uh, yeah. Or you want to start with the small MVP? You know, I I think Jokic is gonna pull it off. <laughs> I know it's a it's a wild card. It's a long shot. <laughs> Jokic. Yep. <laughs> wow. Okay. Because I'm not laughing because it's like not good. I'm just laughing because I'm shocked. Because I there's so many teams I'm seeing right now, especially in the West. That are a mess. They're a total mess, and the Nuggets, surprisingly, they've they've had a bunch of injuries, but they're one of the more stable teams in the conference. Yeah. Like you know what you're getting, and for those who are saying that their success is because of Murray, like, dude, get out of here. Like that is that, insanity. Like. Only because of Murray. Yeah, like he's the he's the. I, I saw first take was uh, was talking about it. Uh, oh wow! Some yeah. others like I had a friend was who was Max? telling me it was both of them. I'm pretty sure. Wow! I had a friend who was telling me that Murray's like in the upper tier of point guards now. I'm like, okay. Upper tier. <laughs> let's let's relax. Yeah. So, but Jokic is just he's phenomenal, man. He's a mismatch. He he does everything. Yeah. Like he's such a great playmaker. He is. He great takes passer. He takes so much like Murray just gets to eat off of Jokic's plays. Yep. It so I think man, I think Jokic is I think the stats will will still be high enough for him to win it assuming they keep the number 1 seed. Right. And even if his stats drop a little bit if they get the number one seed, he has to be like a top two, three contender. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah um, definitely top five for sure. Um, yeah, he plays great, man. Great player. Who you got? Give me one. <sighs> this is going to sound crazy coming from me, but I think Kawhi Leonard is going to be MVP. Um, I just think, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to justify it really though, but I, I just, I feel like he's very popular. I think the team is playing amazing. Um, and he's doing what he does best. Good defense, uh, miraculous plays on offense and defense, you know, um, Dude, for a guy who, like, he seems very stiff on offense at times, 
Yeah. He hit some he hit some of the toughest like pull-ups and runners of of yeah, anybody in the league, man. That and the thing is to me he and this is going to sound contradictory to my MVP uh me thinking he's going to win MVP. But to me he doesn't really have a lot of skill in his game. I think it's like 90% athleticism and then the rest of it is just him having learned how to shoot. And he just, his shot is just the same every time. And it's consistent and it goes in. But most of the time, when he goes to the basket, he's just so much bigger than everybody, it feels like. He just muscles guys. And I think, I think like as the years have gone on, he's still a pretty young player, but he's clearly, he's getting comfortable. Like he knows where to get to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he knows where he's comfortable pulling up. He's got that drifting right, like mid-range game that's really unstoppable yeah he's got all his moves are patient under control he's never like he never does something that you're just like you know like a westbrook move he'll never do that right yeah it's very little finesse in his game too it's really just pure brute strength and just fundamental like uh footwork yeah yeah it's very yeah a lot of footwork um. Yeah, man, I, I think he's having a good year. He just came back. Everyone was waiting for him to come back. He's playing well. I I think he's going to win MVP, man. I don't know if Toronto will be the top spot. I think the Bucks still will probably have the top spot, but you know. My thing is, my thing is, MVPs. do you, like, are you sure he's not going to miss? You know, twenty to twenty-five games. Um, and if. Might. And if they're, you know, 20 and 4, I mean, they're, what, 7 and 1 without him right now? Yeah. Something great. Like, if he misses 25 games and they go 18 and 6 or 18 and 7, like... Oh, if you ask me who I think should win MVP, I wouldn't say him. But who do I think will win MVP, I'm still going to say. Okay. Yeah. If he plays enough games, I agree with you. I think the Greek Freak should win MVP based off just him he dominates every single night i don't know how he does it i mean i do know how he does it he's he's playing the position he's supposed to be playing he's power forward and center height and he starts at power forward now he leads the league in dunks um his team has the best record in the league um he's getting easier looks too he's getting easier looks based off his his teammates and the coaching but, you know, new coaches don't... Billy Donovan was in his second year of coaching. And he, Westbrook still won MVP. didn't have anything to do with the coaching. Right. D'Antoni had just... I mean, he's been in Houston for a while. But that team got new and Harden won MVP. It, you know, the coaching doesn't do anything all the time. I got you. Um, so, I, I think Greek Freak should win it. Because I think he's playing... He's out playing everybody every night, seems like to me. Seriously. For someone to not have ever led the league in dunks and out of nowhere, like about to lead history, NBA history in dunks, it's just you're dominating. At a, as a small forward to lead in dunks and history, he's gonna have the most dunks in the season in NBA history. Yeah, it's it's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's and the best record in the league. So, um. 
And you could see his game developing to the last point. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's he's still missing a lot of threes, but he hits them every once in a while. He'll he'll keep you honest. Yeah, he does, yeah. he He's, like, getting in rhythm sometimes, and it goes in. Like, it, mm-hmm. it looks like he, know, he does it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but, he's getting comfortable. Yeah. What all else right. we got? I'll, I'll I'll do the quick one. Rookie of the year is Doncic. I don't think I don't yeah, think you got. To, we don't even need to get into it. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> nothing else to say. He could go on like a. He could hit like the rookie wall and still be miles ahead of everybody else. Yeah, for sure. Um, who do you got for defensive player of the year? Well, the way that was the toughest one for me. The way I've been looking at it, and from just what I've seen, and I'm I haven't you know been seeing games every night, but I think Gobert might sneak it out again. Okay, I like that. That's a good pick. I think Gobert. He really, he's one of the few, and Capella does this a little bit, but not nearly as often. But like he'll he'll really take away the paint. Gobert yeah. will just. Like, at some point, he'll just shut it down. He'll be in every help side, just contesting every possible floater, layup, like any runner. And it showed. Like, you see the impact. You see the Jazz getting repeated stops. Right. So, I I just think... I don't know if the numbers will back him up, but if they're the top defense, I do think he'll... He should get the award. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Anthony Davis. Um, because he he's another guy similar to Gobert, but it, Anthony Davis gets more like jump shot blocks than players I've seen. And I'm not saying that's the only reason he should win Defensive Player of the Year, but for people who don't play basketball, it's hard to understand how hard it is to block like a jump shot. It's not easy to get your jump shot blocked. Like, right. And I, I'm saying that because Anthony Davis's defensive effort, I mean, you can, you can see it. He just he plays multiple positions on defense. He plays them well. Um, he's uh, You can he's see why LeBron you can see why LeBron that. likes him so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if you watch him play, you I guess you just have to watch him play. I, mean, I don't really know how to describe why I think he's one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best. But if Gobert wins, I wouldn't be surprised because Gobert is the same to me. Yeah, I'm with you. But um, yeah, man. Uh, what do we have next? Six Most, man of the year. Let's go six man. This one was tough for me to. My heart said one thing, and my mind said the other. You want me to go first? Yeah, you hit me first with this one. I'm going to go with Spencer Dinwiddie, man. I love it. He's been playing like a beast, a monster. He got a he got money. I mean, anyone who gets a raise, gets a contract, they're playing good, man. And he's coming off the bench. The team is playing amazing. He was leading the team in scoring at one point um, over a, little, a small stretch. Uh, 
That team looks totally different when he plays well. He's like a bench MVP. He's the most valuable bench player in the league to me. Um, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie. That's what I'm going with. I like that oh, pick. Shabazz, 11 points. I see you, Shabazz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who you got? You know, it's tough, but I think Lou Will. Lou Will is my – I'm still going to stick with him because they're starting to cool off. Yeah. And I think because they're starting to cool off, they're going to look for a guy like Lou Will to step up and and push them through a couple games. Mm-hmm. And I, he's built for that, man. He's a, he's a mismatch every night. Yep. Uh, I think, yeah, his stats aren't as phenomenal this year, but he's got time to pick it up, man. And he's just, he's one of the more intimidating bench players. Yeah, he is. So, and, and there really hasn't been a, like, a surprise hit coming off the bench this year, other than Dinwiddie. Yeah. Um, like, just a guy who takes over. Well, my, my heart pick was D. Rose, who has been taking over, but... The controversy with D. Rose is that a lot of the games he really gets off is when Teague isn't there. And he's, like, starting instead of Teague. Yeah. And then he ends up getting, like, 30, 35, or 50 like he did. Right. Uh, um, so that kind of hurts his six-man of the year um, race. I think he's the best player that is a six-man, but he's not the best six-man. If that makes sense. I got you. Like he's not the sixth man in the year, but I think he's being the best player that plays six man this year. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with this. There hasn't been any real shockers other than Dinwiddie. And, and because Rose is playing so well, all of a sudden he's the other shocker. Um, that's it though. Yeah. Uh, all right, most improved. Oof. Oh, let, let me say this. If Dinwiddie doesn't win six man in a year, I vote for him for most improved. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> He's winning one or the other. In uh, in my book, I think. I, I got a little bit of a sleeper for most improved. Okay. And it, it's kind of tough because he's like steadily got better, but Josh Richardson... Okay. He's his points have jumped from like I think twelve to nineteen. Yeah. And I'm, again, nobody cares because it's Miami and D Wade's on the way out. But Miami has pulled off like nine of the la- their last ten or something crazy like that. Yeah, and Dragic is like done for a couple months, right? Yeah. So Richardson has really stepped up and kind of really and started has- lead the team. And he has the opportunity to shine now. I mean, with no yeah, Dragic, he can he might get really off. And D D Wade's you know? a, not a bad leader, uh, not a bad uh, teacher to have. Right, for sure. So and Spolster's gonna put him in positions to be successful. Yeah, he's so in I, good hands. I'm never gonna doubt Miami in terms of coaching. Right. Right. Jamal Murray is another one I would consider, just to throw another name out there. Yeah, my 
we talked about Montrezl, Montrez Harrell, but I think this know, the stats just... kind of won't be enough. Right. That's how. That's I feel the same way. Yeah. Um. But it would be nice. But he and the team, he's not that big of a deal for the team. I don't think. I mean, he helps them a lot, but he's not like crazy on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they got a couple of Tobias is another guy I throw out there to be honest. Yeah, yeah, they got a couple of sleepers. Uh, but yeah. Uh, do we do we need to get a, into coach of the year? Mike Budenholzer is the obvious choice. I agree. Tor- Toronto, I'll give Toronto guys some credit too. I won't. <laughs> Fair enough. I won't. They were they went from number one seed to number two seed. Right, I got you. I got you. Take a team who was eighth seed to number one is a lot different from taking one to maybe one again. Uh, so, but for a first year, obviously he's doing a good job. But he also got an all star. You know, a lot of other circumstances helped him. Um, yeah. I feel like there's somebody else that um I guess not. Brooklyn's coach is doing a good job, especially the last like two two weeks to three weeks. Yeah. But is it just, like are they gonna keep it up? I don't know. Right. And is it really him coaching or is it the players just playing better? Because he's been there. Like he's he's been there, they've been trashed every other time. So. Yeah. Uh Yeah. All right, that's all I got, man. For yeah, I think it's time to start recapping the year. Yeah. Um. Let me ask you this: what was the what was the song of the year, in your opinion? Not your favorite, but the song of the year. In ten years from now, when we say twenty eighteen, what song is going to come up in your mind? It's got to be God's plan. Alright. I agree. I, I definitely agree. I mean Like there's there's there were some other great songs and we mentioned this I think last time. Yeah. But when we were talking about the Grammys. Yeah, yeah. Like I love This is America is great. Mm-hmm. Um I like it. Cardi B's uh hit, like biggest hit. Yeah. Boot I, up. I love had its moment. Boot up, right. In my feelings has moment, um, but God's plan just started off the year so high. Yeah, you're right. You couldn't go more. You can, you know, you couldn't drive anywhere without hearing the shit. <laughs> you couldn't go to yeah, any right. fucking bar, club, anywhere. You, there, the shit was playing everywhere. And when when that part comes on, everyone says it. Right. I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it be our um interlude. All right, perfect. I've been moving calm, don't start no trouble with me. Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me. Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. You know how I like it when you loving on me. I don't want to die. 
for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me. Hope I got some brothers that outlive me. They gon' tell the story, shit was different with me. God's plan, God's plan. I hold back sometimes I won't. Yeah. I feel good sometimes I don't. Hey. I finesse down Western Road. Hey. Yes. Might go down to GOD. Yeah. Wait. I go hard on Southside G. Yeah. Wait. I make sure that Northside E. And still, bad things. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and wish and wish and wish and they wishing on me. Bad things, it's a lot of bad things that they wish and 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 on me. Yeah. Hey, hey. She say, Do you love me? I tell her only partly. I only love my bed and my mom. I'm sorry. 50 dub, I even got it tatted on me. 81, they'll bring the crashes to the party. And you know me, turn the O2 into the O3. Without 40 Ollie, there be no me. Imagine if I never met the broskis. God's plan. God's plan. I can't do this on my own. Hey, no. Someone watching this shit close. Yep, yeah, close. I've been me since Scarlet Road. Hey, bro. Hey. Might go down as G-O-D. Yeah, wait. I go hard on Southside G. Hey, wait. I make sure that Northside E. Yeah. Still, bad things. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and wish and wish and wish and they wish and on me. Yeah, yeah. Bad things. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and wish and wish and wish and they wish and on me. Yeah. can't help but sing along yeah for real um all right man uh you listened to the new music hoodie season and um... i did yeah 21 okay um you want me to go into both of them yeah um i'm, I'm gonna save hoodie season for a little bit but i'll talk about 21's um, I, I thought it was a bit of a letdown. Okay. Now, there, that's not to mention there weren't great songs on there. Like, the Post Malone song was a hit to me. Um, mm-hmm. The Childish Gambino song was really good. The Lil Baby song was really good. Um, mm-hmm. But there was also, like, early on, the first maybe four or five tracks where I was just like, damn, like, this is exactly what I thought he would, like, the worst qualities about him 
Right. You know, and he didn't really, he didn't have that massive, you know, bank account hit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of helps him. You know, he rides like a, a hot song. He's never, I mean, I don't really expect him to give me top quality projects. Right. But there was just not enough good songs in in there to make me really enjoy the album. Okay. I understand. I get that. So the songs with the features seem to be... Yeah, man, he had great chemistry with uh, Gambino. Like I said, the Post Malone is—they're two for two. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely, and I'm surprised the this. I think it's what is it? All all my friends or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't really gotten like traction, you know, on the radio or anything, but it definitely deserves to in my eyes. It yeah, it's a little early. It has time. It, he didn't release any singles, right? No, yeah. He kind of surprised, he's been kind of, you know, he was popping up on Twitter saying he was going to drop it this time, and then he forgot, and then it just kind of dropped. That was kind of silly, the forgot thing. Um, We're going to get into the, I need to write that down. We're going to get into the whole surprise album thing one of these days. I definitely want to... I want to delve into it. I want to understand why they do it and is it really beneficial? But not not today because we got a lot of stuff to do. Right. But let's get into it, man. Should we do the uh, the objective ten or should we do our our favorites first? Um. What do you want to do? I, I thought we'd go with the objective ten and then we'll just kind of shout out the stuff that made our personal lists. That okay. was it on the official list. Okay. Um, you want to alternate? Um, go down the list. I'll start at ten. Yeah, go ten to one, and we'll each give our thoughts on right, the you, project. You first on you first on number ten. All right, at ten we had a uh, taboo, I believe. Yes. I love it, man. Yes. I, I think, I mean, you know, obviously that's not all I'm going to say because I love pretty much all these projects, but I thought he did he did something so different where I had heard his music before, but then you start listening to this project and it's like, like I've never heard of this. Right. Like, and it's so rare now that you get an artist in any genre that doesn't sound like a clone of somebody else. Right. And maybe, you know, maybe you could find somebody who sounds similar, you know, some low key artist. But to me, man, this was really original and it sounded good throughout. You know, hooks, yeah, very unique. hooks, the bars all fit very well. Yeah. Very unique. I, I really enjoyed it, man. And I'm not a fan of his at all. And um, it was fun to li- it was fun to listen to, man. It really was. Uh, I don't say that a lot. Yeah. But. And it's interesting yeah. because the the topics of some of the songs were you know, kind of like you know stuff that people maybe don't want to hear. Mhm. Stuff that maybe people are you know too it's too intense for some people. Mhm. But I loved it. Oh, uh, and just for the listeners, if we weren't clear. Um, it was just going through my mind. This is these are our top ten albums of the year 
that we feel. We've, we've seen a lot of lists online, and um, I know a lot of people talk about the list, a lot of controversy, whatever. You can argue with us about our list, but we worked together, and we came up with our 10 albums that we feel are the best 10 albums of the year. Not our favorites. Um, we're not paid to say any of this. This is what we feel, based off what we listen to, are the best albums of the year. That's all. Um, and also, Denzel Curry, by the way, we didn't really mention his name. <laughs> yeah, For those who Denzel don't know. Curry, Taboo is the album. Um, and we have him at number 10. Uh, okay. Number 9. 1.5. 1.5 by Amine. Um... For those who listened to Amine's last album, it was very, it was weird. He kind of has like an Andre 3000 kind of thing going where like he likes to sing a little bit and rap. And um, I think his rapping kind of went unnoticed. Uh, So he released 1.5 and man, what an album. His rapping was great. The songs were catchy. They were fun. They were... um, edgy i mean he did a great job man it's, it's to me uh it's one of the best lyrical albums of the year in my opinion too and, and I, we didn't say that that's not part of our list this is me saying that to me out of all the albums i heard i mean there's some better but it, it's it's up there it made me think about it if you gave me you asked me to list my most lyrical albums i would definitely say 1.5 is in there somewhere um, yeah, I, I agree with everything. The only thing I'll add for me, like what I really noticed about it was how the songs like bounce off each other and yeah. they'll be totally different. You know what I mean? Yeah, and sure. it'll still flow in such a like healthy, natural way where like if you can listen to an album without having to skip anything, the the artist is doing something right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Amine, man. I'm I'm happy he came correct with this album. And it went really under the radar. So for those who are listening, please go check that out if you haven't heard it. Um, not a lot of people talk about it, but it's worth talking about. All right. Number eight. Pusha T. Daytona. Yes. The seven track album uh, during the good music rollout uh go ahead man what you got i will say of all the 10 that we've got i've probably listened to daytona the least right and uh, i understand that there's certain criticism you can have it's a little bo- it's on the boring side uh mm-hmm. if it doesn't if it's not kind of the material you're looking for mm-hmm. but I was shocked that Pusha T managed to out outdo his previous uh, albums because I actually I actually enjoyed his previous albums, but listening to this one, I'm like, I love how he kept it short. I love how he did every song. I love that he like he took every song seriously. Yeah, there wasn't like sure. a bullshit track, and he put Future or somebody on it. Like he, you could just feel the like the care that was that this project was made with. I completely agree. Which is insanity to me because you really can't say that about any of the other good good music projects. 
Right. But the rest of them really sounded like it was a bunch of trash. They were made in two weeks, maybe even one week. And this one definitely he took his time. He wrote well. I mean, the beats were there. It was it was good, man. It was short and it was just easy listening. Um good album, man. Yeah. All right. Number seven, uh The Queen. Cardi the B. The new queen. Yeah. Invasion of Privacy is our seventh best album of the year. A lot of uh, anticipation. And I was on record saying I didn't think she was a good rapper. I I was on record saying she was not going to last this year. Yeah. And man, that Invasion of Privacy was a great album, especially for a debut album. And it, it was... It has more than one song i think any most people who listen to it with an open mind will like more than one song and will i mean this is it was popular it had hits it had songs that weren't hits she had good lyrical songs it had pop songs it had rap songs it was just well put together album man um people who worked with her did a great job she did a great job she promoted it well it was it was a good album, man. I, I loved how she hit like different, and I didn't, I really did not expect this from her, but she hit like different emotions. Yeah. Which she did. I really, I thought she was, you know, she would just talk her shit and that's it. But there was, a, you know, the opening, the intro track. I think a couple of the last tracks were really like, uh, like slower, a little more serious, had a little bit, almost like an R and B vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, man, like you said, the hits were there. Yeah, definitely there. Um, yeah, shout out Cardi, man. I, I hope she continues. Uh, I it's gonna be hard because the first album is always the easiest, but um, second album is the hardest usually. But I think she can do it, man. I and I don't think she writes all her own lyrics, so I think she'll have help still have help writing the second one so I, I think she can pull it off again and make some more good music I'm excited to really good features yeah. this year um yeah <clears throat> alright number 6 you go ahead with number 6 Redemption I mean I couldn't rave about J-Rock enough this year I just to make the leap that he did, and you mentioned it with uh, Amine, and I mentioned it with Pusha T a little bit, yep. but the leap that J-Rock made from uh, 9 whatever the Zip Code album was, mm-hmm. to this? 9 yeah. yeah. To To jump to this? I mean, I did not see this coming at all. Same. Saying, it man. just it, it was it, so good you know and this is this might be blasphemy and I, I might have a right to say it because he my favorite rapper ever is Tupac this is this album is one of the most Tupac-esque albums I've heard and I don't mean it like he's as good as Tupac so people who think I'm saying that I'm not saying that I'm saying this album with the, I feel, I don't want to say thug, but with the street, 
the mix of street and mix of intelligence on this album is was just was incredible man it's, it's different i don't know how else to put it really um yeah i just i never thought he had this versatility yeah this versatility and and to stay who he is right stay a street dude to be versatile and still be a street dude right. at the end of the day is is tough and that's why i said tupac because i think in my opinion tupac's the best to ever do that and j-rock did it man i mean great great job redemption was great um that's all you got for redemption yeah i think that's it all right number five we have victory lap by nipsey hustle his official debut yes and i i have followed his mixtapes um as a casual fan i haven't been um i haven't been too deep into his mixtapes but i i was definitely um anticipating this album so i I will say that i was definitely excited for the album and he did not let me down man what versatility as well amazing features all over the place showed good chemistry with the features too really good chemistry and songs you could sing to sing along to songs you you love songs you like versatility was just all over the place man and and you always can count on him like everything he's done that i've listened to there's substance to it you know what i mean the lyrics always he'll always say something like that you could you don't have to relate to it but like it hits you in some way for sure for sure uh yeah man he's great album it, cohesion that all the songs like you said with 1.5 all the songs they they go together it's one of those like some some albums you can't take one song away from because like when you listen to one song you want to listen to the whole album right that's how i am with victory lap it's just a well put together project um it's a great project man Alright, number four, and possibly the most popular project on our list. Probably. Well, we'll we'll get to the next ones, but I I think so far, definitely. Yeah, um, Astroworld, man. We went to Astroworld this year with Travis. Um, You go first with this. You know... I'll be honest, this of the 10 that we came up with and agreed on, as an album, this is probably my least favorite one. Wow. Personally. Okay. okay. But okay. but at the same time, I could honestly say the hits alone get this album in the top five. That's fair. And he's just, he's that kind of artist, man, that he'll... Like, he just knocks it out of the park with certain sounds, certain flows that he puts together, certain hooks at times. Yeah. Like, you just hear it, and I'm like, damn, like, you really can't find this kind of sound anywhere else. You're right. You're right. And there are so many songs to love on this album. For sure. And, And I guess I would agree... It's probably my he's probably my least favorite artist on this on this list. And the thing is it's not because I don't like him. 
This is because he's not someone I want to listen to all the time. But Astro World, I mean, it just has, it does have so many songs, so many good songs. And I, I just feel like anyone who likes hip hop can find a song to love off this album. And um, I think my only issue is I'm a little bit different because I thought I loved his last project. I thought it was flawless. I did too, for sure. For sure. It's his best project. Yeah. His last one. And I think that's yeah. maybe that's part of the stigma why I can't quite like rave about it as much as I raved about the other ones. But that, I mean, I agreed to put it at four. You know what I mean? So obviously I love this project. I wouldn't have agreed to it if I didn't think it was a great project. Right. You just He just didn't improve from the last one you're saying. Yeah, but again, like... It's hard to improve on excellence, you know? <laughs> right. And I I think this one is fourth for me because he tried something and it worked. Like, he tried so many things on this album and it all worked. Like, you, and you can hear him experimenting, but it all paid off, man. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> like, discover, like, Ben Franklin. <laughs> in the lightning it was I got like you, that. yeah like he went out there with a kite and was trying to see what happened and bang he got light all the light bulbs are on now and it just worked man it was it was great great album man um and yeah i i totally agree i liked the last one better so um all right moving on number three we have the king drizzy with uh scorpion the double album for those uh who are confused it is a double album not two discs i I don't know why people i mean not two different albums i don't know why people like separating the albums yeah it's just one one great album man (laughs) i mean who else can make half r&b half rap album and he pulls off both sides (laughs) He does. He has a hit from each side. Usually, all, like all the other guys who try to do that, or at least try to like combine the genre, they usually lean too heavily on one side. Right. Dude, he he like he's on like a balance beam, yeah. and he's just tight roping it like it's easy for him. He has the Midas touch for sure, and I mean he he legit has two hits on each disc. Nonstop and God's plan off the first disc, and then he has um, nice for what and in my feelings off the second disc. Yeah, I mean, no one, come on, he broke like how many records this year? <laughs> Too many to count. <laughs> right, uh, and if you haven't heard Scorpion, I mean, you're listening to our podcast. I don't know, I don't know what you're doing. We just play God's plan. Um. Scorpion is a top tier project of this year. I know it, it, it might not be his best work, but it shows you how much uh, like how much better he is than everybody else out there. It does, and the thing is, it, it shows that he really can rap about anything. Like, it, like you said, it's not his best work, but it's hard. As easy as it is for me to say it's not his best, it's hard for me to say that it's not his best <laughs> does that make sense i got you like i can give you an argument of why i think another album is better but i can't really 
it's not really enough to really say that it's not as it's not his best project because um you can argue either way and it's just a great it's a great podcast and i think i think there's a lot of gems on this album oh for sure and it may not age well but it did for me i think it's only because of the length i didn't like yeah maybe because songs i didn't like off my first listen i like more now and songs i liked on my first uh listen aren't as don't hit me as hard but it's a great album man i i don't know what to say i keep yeah i'm kind of on the same we we i think we did our top five when we um when we reviewed it yeah it's interesting because I listened to the album like you know sit here and there, and yeah. my top five is probably completely different now. Yeah, and that that shows how good it is. Yeah, I mean, how many other albums can you really say that about? No, other than Drake's very albums? few. Yeah. So, all right, <clears throat> number two. Two. Okay, you go ahead with this one. Um, I really, this, and number two and one were tough because this to me was the best mainstream album made. I think Mm -hmm. he hit, he followed up and his debut project was amazing, but he, I think this second project, like he is a top tier must hear artist. He's not limited to a genre. He's not limited to a fan base. If he if he's releasing music, you know the music culture is is listening is what is paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it's just something unique about his sound, man. The way he plays with his voice, like you haven't even said who he is. Post Malone. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, beer bongs and Bentleys is our number two. It's folks. probably got the most hits. Of any project, it's. I mean, Rockstar is probably more dominant than any other song, with just how long it's it's been around. Yeah. But yeah, man, this album. And it's not even my favorite on right. anymore. Like, it. It's a yeah. It's a great album, man. It really. He's is. one of those guys who just sounds so good. He does, and he. He picks melodies so well. Yes. He, the thing is, you want to sing along to every one of his songs. Yep. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> I feel like everyone who listens to this, he's one of those guys, you hear the song, you never heard it before, but by the time the song ends, you know the words because you're singing along to it. He's so catchy. He, um, He's so playful in his, his song making. It's incredible, man. I never thought he'd be like this when I heard White Iverson. I swear I never thought never, this yep. would happen. <laughs> but Rockstar, Psycho, Better Now, 92 oh, Explorer, Candy. Yeah, candy. I could list off the songs. Rich and Sad, Sugar Wraith, Other Side. It's just hit after yeah. hit after hit. Yeah, it's, it's a great album, man. It's... It's very lovable. Even if you don't like Post Malone, you can find something on here you like. For real, you can. Um, so yeah, that's our number two, man. Beer bongs and Bentleys. Shout out to Post Malone. 
And number one, we've talked about it. We've said it pretty much since we heard it. I think we raved about it for, I think, when it came out, I think we mentioned it for like three episodes in a row. Because you remember I didn't listen to it right away. Yeah, and I I didn't want to say too much about it. And then you heard it, then we talked about it, and the next time we talked about it, for sure. Um, And that is Bloom by Troy Sivan. Wow. Flawless. Um, it's it's flawless. It's it's art. It is just art, man. I I haven't said this about many albums, but this album is a masterpiece. It really is. I mean, he explores he explores so many emotions, so many situations from love, sexuality, dancing. I mean, like I don't know, man. It, it's it touches you it really does it's it's to another me, one of like it's similar to post malone where it's just it's the sound is incredible throughout the whole project it really is there's never like a break it's just great song after great song meaningful song after meaningful song like yeah <laughs> i just i can't i don't know how like I can't rave about it enough. It's it's a like you said, it's a masterpiece. It really to is. me only the top two albums this year were flawless. I agree. The other the I other agree. the other albums we talked about they're great and I love them, but they're they were, all of them had some kind of flaw. I I would think that from one to ten it gets like less and less flawless, like a gradual thing. Like when I'm looking at it. Yeah. I think that our top four are like the most flawless. Yeah. And then it goes, you know, more and more and more. Maybe not, but. It's just tough. Like, it's tough because, like, hits kind of maybe change a perspective or maybe just consistency can, like, just shift where you want to place the album. Right. Yeah. Um, But, Bloom, man, please, if you have not listened to this, you have to listen to it. With an open mind, and I mean, it's our only pop album on here, right? Yeah, and oh man, uh, he's got a movie coming out. By the way, um, it's a great album, man. I I don't know what else to say about it. Really. Yeah, I was shocked at how good it was. I heard about him. I listened to him a little bit in the singles. I don't know. It's, it's one album that kind of left me speechless when I after I listened to it. I listened to it right away like three times in a row. I have a new new favorite song every time I listen to it. And it's only like 12 songs. Yeah. Um, Perfect length. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Great album. All right. That's our top 10. Um. I'm gonna put it on Instagram too, man. Like put a five separated by five so people can see. Yeah, I got you. But um Alright. So what's next? We we're gonna do our albums of the year, our features of the year, our most slept on albums of the year, our songs of the year, and our uh well for music, that's all we're doing, right? Yeah. Alright, what's first? Let's go albums. Talk about let's talk about the, the our personal favorites. All right. 
and uh, and we don't have to get get too deep if if any of the official top ten gets in your list. Yeah, no, I'm, I since we already sure. talked about it, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, I'll go first, man. <laughs> don't laugh at my number my number five. I know you will, but I don't I don't care. My number five is memories don't die, man. <laughs> Tory Lanez. <laughs> Tory Lanez, man, I I I enjoyed the album. I'm sorry to people hating on the album, but I have a lot of songs I still play off there. Uh, and it, it came out early, so I feel like a lot of people forgot he had another album this year, um, or mixtape, whatever it was. Um, I don't know if I really want to go too deep in there, but. He had singing songs. He had rapping songs. He showed off his lyrics. Um, he had upbeat. He had slow. He had storytelling. He had pop. I mean, it was... I thought it was a well... Uh, it showed his versatility. For people who did not think Tory Lanez was versatile already, it shows his versatility to me on this album. Um, I re- that's all I'm going to say. I really thought Tory established himself as like a an artist to look out for his first project kind of, you know, had mixed results, mixed reviews, Mm -hmm. but this, the, the, his memories don't die really set him on the right path. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair to say. Um, my number four is fireside by they, and for those who do not know, they, they are, um, a duo they usually just produce, but they started making music um, 2016, I believe. And they released this Fireside, which is a, I guess it's a project. It's not really an album, but it has all features on it. It has Jeremiah, Vic Mensa, Ty Dolla Sign, Gallant, Gallant, I don't know how to say his name, Wiz Khalifa, um, Jer- did I say Jeremiah? Yeah. Uh, Jesse Reyes. It's, it's a good... It's a good EP, man. I, I really enjoyed it. I like every song for different reasons. Um, I just think it's not heard. and it, uh, I liked it, man. I play it a lot. I play every song. I repeat it. Whatever. It's only six songs. It's short. But I really enjoyed it. So that's my number four. Um, number three is Scorpion. Talked about that enough. Um, number two, I've said on here before, if you've listened and... It's twos by Anders, underground Toronto guy. Toronto people are really taking over the Canadians. Um, it's a good album, man. He he sings, he raps. I don't really know. I don't really know how to describe it, man. He's like an in between genre kind of guy. Um, good subject matter, very versatile subject matter. I I enjoyed it. I listened to it probably on a weekly basis it's also very short i think it's i think it's eight songs um so shout out to anders and number one is bloom by troy savant you've already said masterpiece yeah etc but yeah that's my that's my five all right i I might my five will will be pretty quick too at a five surprisingly and i was i did not want to put this album in my top five but considering that i haven't been able to stop listening to it since it came out 
Uh, a boogie hoodie season. Now I, I said I was gonna <laughs> okay, save it. The quickness. I said the I was quickness. gonna save it, but man, I loved everything about this project. Is it? Is it? You know, does it have flaws? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But from what I wanted to hear from him, he gave me in pr- practically every song. That, that flow he has, the switch up of the tone, uh, just the effectiveness of how he fits with other artists, how he just he just skates through a beat for like minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. And he'll give you like four to five different sounds just in that minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's more for the people who are already fans of him and kind of know, you know, what he sounds like. But I thought this project, he really put together, like, all his best qualities. And he, I mean, he's, like, creating his own flow. Yeah. Like, people are, like, there's an A-boogie flow. So, I, I like that. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I really thought this project was long, but just not long enough to where I could really criticize it. Because it never really went more than a song or two without me saying, wow, I really like this song. You know, I mean, there's there's songs on here I'm going to be playing for, you know, months after I'm done with the album. So uh, it comes in at five. Okay. I had to sneak it in there. Okay. At four, I got one we talked about, Post Malone. I mean, we, we've said all we needed to say about it. <clears throat> of course. At three, I actually, the other difference for me was uh, Mike Shinoda, Post Traumatic. Okay. And, yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, I played a gem off of it, and you know, I talked about it before. And it's kind of another personal one for me because I was well, growing up as a kid. I was a huge Lincoln Park fan. Uh, I mm-hmm. enjoyed the what Fort Minor tried to do for like the OG Lincoln Park fans. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then I'm sorry. And then, yeah, I got you. What Miner tried to do. I mean, they did to an extent. It just, there was no, you know, it's one project. Yeah, I got you. But, it was just funny how you, you know, said the, it. the whole tragedy with, with uh, Chester passing and Mike Shinoda going solo, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, is it five, ten years too late? But mm-hmm. I loved what he did. He kept the songs simple. But he hit a variety of emotions, obviously deal, dealing with loss, dealing with regret, uh, dealing with just, you know, how to move on. The songs work really well. He he finds lyrics that are effective. You know, they're not too complicated. He won't try to fit too many bars in, in one line. He'll stay on beat. He'll vary up, you know, his flow enough times where it's still fresh and yeah man I, I just i loved listening to it i still listen to this project from time to time it was a good project yeah definitely and right. two for me was two and one were projects we already talked about but the order is a little different bloom was at two i mean mm-hmm. and redemption was at one i just J Rock just wow hit, Redemption your favorite album it of the just year? hit me more than any other album this year. I respect it. There's I'm not going back to the whole thing, but I'm going to maybe like seven eight tracks from it. 
Right. And I mean, that's half the project. Yeah. So yeah, you, you, you can't say that about a lot of projects nowadays. And, oh, for sure. And some of the like sure. some of these songs that I'm going back to, like I'll I don't think I'll ever get tired of them. I like feel ES like... Tales, the bloodiest, uh, OSOM, Rotation, yeah. uh, yeah. like just just great songs. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and that's my five. All right. Um. Cool. All right, what's next? Let's get into the uh what do you, we we can go underrated albums if you want. Uh Now, let's let's go features. Let's go okay. features first. I'm I'm yeah. I'm fairly certain that we'll have uh, a feature on here. I don't know if it'll be the same ranking as mine, but you will have this feature that I'm going to list off soon. <laughs> All right, you go first then. Uh at 5 and there was a lot to choose from, but uh, NC-17 by Travis Scott with uh, 21 as the feature. Good pick. I thought he killed it. I, I thought the flow, the beat was perfect for him. I thought he did his thing. You know, he he's that, like, he has some of the funniest lines of, of any rapper. But, yeah. like, he'll make it work. Where it's not just funny for the sake of being funny. Like, he'll actually fit the flow. Right. At number four, another guy who had a great year with features. Uh, but the song is Say Nah by Moneybag Yo, and the feature is J. Cole. Yes. I mean, there was... I, I considered uh, Pretty Little Fears. I loved mm-hmm. what he did on there. There was another song I can't remember That's the at the moment. Black yeah, song? six lat. Okay. Yeah, there was another yeah. song that uh, that I wanted to throw in there, but I don't know, man. Say nah, he just he just killed it. It yeah. was quick too. He wasn't he wasn't on there for very long, maybe a little over a minute, if that. Mm-hmm. But he just he flowed so seamlessly with the track. Yeah. At level three, and this wasn't what I was thinking of, but you might have this on your list too, but uh, Leveling Up, Dave East. Good pick. Fabulous. Coming in with one of the most fire quotable verses I've heard this year. (laughs) The way he plays on like the NBA players' names and uh, just like stuff going on. I loved it, man. And he's known to do things like that, but I just... You know, the song kind of drops and he comes into like a quiet, slow beat. Mm-hmm. And he just kills it. I mean, I. Yeah. At number two, I have a bit of a, a bit of a surprising pick, but um, not alike. Eminem with wow, with Royce okay. the Five Nine on the feature. Good pick. Now I know a lot of people, like not a lot of people, but I could see he's one of those guys who's just like a rapper's rapper. Yeah, he's you're right. he's one of those objectively he could be you know best rapper out there. Yeah, any given song, you you'll think about it. Yeah, and you know the thing for him, like I'm usually not a fan of his songs. Like I just he doesn't really his songs really don't hit me like that. Mm-hmm. But man, he came on here and just just kept going and going and going like. I'm like, damn, like, do you ever run out of, like, flow? 
right. granted, the beat is really fun, so it gives him, you know, it gives him a lot, a lot to play with. But he just did a phenomenal job. Yeah. And at number one, and I think this will be in your top five. Um, I don't know if it'll be number one, but keep in touch, Tory Lanes. <laughs> yes, Bryson Tiller. With it is in my five, the feature so. of the year. There was nobody to me that came on a song and sounded better on somebody else's song than Bryson Tiller did. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's just. It's just a flawless opening verse. <laughs> it is great. Opening verse. I think opening features are harder, and he he did it, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, great, <laughs> great pick. I really didn't think you would have it, honestly, but you knew I would have it. So, um, all right, my features of the year. Number five, I guess it's not really this year, so it might be a cheat, but 21 on Rockstar, man. I guess it's last year, but the album came out this year, so. Great verse. I considered it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I mean, he, the song was cool, but he's my favorite part of the song, and the beat is fire too, of course, but. He did a great job, man. His the way he comes in, I I love it. Um, another one that is kind of last year, man. All my all mine might be last year. No, they're not. Um, Travis Scott on Skywalker by Miguel, man. It's a weird pick, but um, when I first heard it, I'm like, this song is missing something. And then Travis comes in, and like you said before, he he's seasoning. He's that that seasoning right on the yep on the song for you, man. And it just it made that song so different. Without him, is just a Miguel Miguel song like Miguel being weird. But with Travis, is great song, man. Um, number three. Yeah, I have J Cole on uh the My Boy freestyle with Wale. Yes, good pick. Yeah, and I. Like you said, man, J. Cole, and I've heard this on a couple other platforms and a couple other outlets that J. Cole had like the best featured artists year, and they might be right, but not as an artist, but maybe for him, it's his best featured year yeah. for sure, because um, Drake's had way better featured years in the past, but his best feature year for sure, man, he came... Every feature he had, he did a great job. And I was just looking through them, and the My Boy one is my favorite. So that's, uh, what is that? That's number three? Yeah, which, real quick, that's what f- kills me more about, like, why couldn't he include more people on his album? Yeah, man. Anyway, <laughs> we, we don't need to get too far into that. I don't even want to talk about it. it it's frustrating for me as a fan of his, ex-fan of his. Um... And number two, and this is just taste because I really enjoyed Not Alike as well. But I, I got Joiner on Lucky You, man. I was thinking about that one. Yeah, I mean, it could have went either way because both of them were amazing. Royce did great on Not Alike. And Joiner. I feel bad because Eminem got bodied on both of them. Exactly. And the thing is, I, the reason 
I think that's why I liked Lucky You because Joyner is like he's not young, but he's newer to the rap game. I mean, newer, well, newer. I guess recently broken. I'll say that. Right. Broken into the media and to for him to body Eminem like that and like toe to toe. It, it looked like it looked like you were playing a boxing video game and both of you picked the same boxer. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. And he, I mean, he went in, man. It was, it felt like a moment. It felt like a passing of the torch when I listened to that song. Like, man, is Joyner like, Joyner is doing what Eminem does just as good as Eminem does it. And uh, that's how I felt. Now, that might be an, an exaggeration, but it's, it's my number two. Anyway. And number one, of course, Bryson on Keep in Touch. Yes. Uh, flames. We did not agree on this before the show, too. No, we didn't. We didn't talk about these at all. The only thing we talked about was the top ten. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. That, I can just feel it. I can feel what he's saying. I can picture him saying it to somebody. So smooth. So smooth. So descriptive. Um, it was just great, man. If you haven't heard that. And I, I recently realized that like a lot of people don't listen to Tory Lanez. I didn't know that until this year. Yeah. Like, people don't listen to his music. And I don't know why, but he has a lot to offer. And you miss out on stuff like Bryson Tiller murdering Keep in Touch. So, so yeah. Um, that's my five. Uh, what's next? Let's hit you the underrated. Let's save songs underrated? for last. Okay. Uh, you want me to start it off? Um, I can start. All right, go for it. I want to see if we um, have any of the same ones. No, nah, I doubt it. I, no, we won't. We won't. Th- I think this is one that we're not supposed to. Yeah, because uh, we we both listen to different things, and I listen to a lot of stuff I don't necessarily talk about on the podcast because I know no one listens to them, so it's not really. Right. I have nothing to talk about. So, uh, number five, and I'm, this is biased because I'm a big fan, and it's No Cap by Cap G. And the reason why I think it's slept on is because I think a lot of people make the same kind of music he makes, but he's better, I, I think he's better, more talented than a lot of people in his field, in his realm's music. Um. I mean, artists in his realm. I think he's more talented. I think he has more substance. Um, I don't know what else to really say about it, man. I, it's fun. It's a fun album. It's hype. Um, if you like the auto-tune, the kind of Migos kind of feel, he has it. Um, it's a good album, man. I, if you want to have fun and you like kind of trap music, he's cool to listen to. Cap G. Um, my fourth one is Saturn by Now N-A-O and she is a I guess R&B singer and um, she kind of has a really high voice and it's kind of weird to listen to I'm not going to lie if you've never heard her it's probably weird on a first listen but man was that a good album it, it was very uh 
very emotional, kind of similar to how I felt about Bloom, and it really, it was touching, I guess, is the word I would say. Uh, it was a good album, man. It, if you like R&B and you like, you want to try something different, you not into the R&B realm, you want to hear kind of an alternative to like modern American R&B, I think she's a good alternative, man. Um, she has a good following, cult following. I would recommend. Um, my next one is They Might Have Even Loved Me by Nambi. And Nambi is a alternative artist, kind of a rocker. Um, for those who know old school music, he's Shaka Khan's godson. Um, and he's interesting, man. If you, Another guy, if you want to try something different. And most of the people on my most slept on are just different. And that's why they're most slept on because they're just not in a genre where they're promoted like other people in their genre. And um, Nambi is a, is a really good one, man. I, I played him on a, uh, that's one of my gems one time on here. So um, the next one I have is Double Back by Western. And they are a um, kind of a dance hall group. Um, kind of African British music and it it sounds weird for me to say that but again if you listen to it with an open mind man it's, it's hard hard to dislike it makes you want to dance you sing along etc um, sometimes they don't speak English but hey that's fun too sometimes and me and me and Mike both know yeah uh, <laughs> yeah um and my first one is Twos by Anders, and I already talked about that millions of times. But uh, Anders is someone to look out for, for people who do not know him. You will know about him eventually, I'm sure. So, yeah, that's my five, man. Okay, that's a good list. I got to say, my I took my list a little bit differently. I didn't, I didn't look for, like, the super obscure, like, you know, underground stuff. I actually picked projects that, you know, they're not perfect, but I thought maybe they're either getting too much hate or not enough people, like, talk about them. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get right into it. At five, I put uh, T Grizzly, Activated. Good pick. I just, I just thought it was a solid sure. album. And, you know, rap rap music's kind of getting a bad reputation of, like, not there's not enough good content out there. Yeah. But I, I really think it's people not really looking for it. And right. this album just kind of proves that there's still good rapping going on out there. Yeah, for sure. And for those of you who've heard T Grizzly, you know exactly what you're going to get. And he just he yeah. did it very well. Uh, he delivered, for sure. Um, at four, and you talked about this uh, earlier, but Tory Lanez, Love Me Now. Yes, good pick. I just... You know, I, I didn't enjoy Memories Don't Die, but I can acknowledge why somebody would like the album. I can see the appeal. And with Love Me Now, I thought it was a step in the right direction. But it just, it came and it went and nobody cared. You know, I had yeah. I had numerous people who, you know, I, you know, I respect their music opinion because I know they listen to a variety of things. They mm-hmm. just, they just never even bothered. It's crazy, and man. to do that with to one of the 
I don't want to say he's one of the top tier artists, but he's a must listen to artist. He is. He's he's Showtime music to me. Yeah. Some he has some spectacular verses, spectacular songs that just out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, the highlights were so high on this album. Yeah, they were. They definitely were. Um, my number three, the the reasoning for it is similar to number five, which uh, Moneybag Yo reset. Good pick. I thought you know, outside of Redemption, it was probably the most fun I had with rap music this year. I was I was shocked at how, like, he had so much chemistry with everybody he worked with. He made Future sound good. He made Kevin Gates sound good. Like, he performed Miracle. Yeah, I was just sitting there like, and and <laughs> Moneybag Yo put out three albums this year. And for for him and uh, J Cole to be so different, man, did they sound good Dude, together? I could hear. I could listen to a joint project from them. <laughs> Right, and it would sound insane, but good. Right, for sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, like Moneybag Yo is another guy who, like, if if you think there's no good rap music out there, you're just not looking for it. That's right. Um, number two, uh, and this is probably controversial. Um, the Last Rocket by Takeoff. <laughs> now, is this a gr- good album? Debatable. But I think this is the strongest body of work any Migos member or they together have put out since Culture One. Absolutely. And and what's crazy about it is, despite that being pretty much an objective fact, it's gotten probably the least amount of attention. Yeah. You know, there's there's songs on Culture Two. People are still blasting, Narcos being the one like super noticeable one. Um, but this, this album was just put together well. It shows that they're not, like, they're not in this box of just mumble. Right. They, they can it, go it felt like beyond it had the most that. Effort. Yeah. It had the most effort to me, too. I mean, and Quavo dropping right alongside just showed that, you know, Takeoff is a guy who, people are, like, sleeping on him. Yeah. That's a really good pick. Um, and number one, and I've praised about this album, you know, I've praised a bunch, and Light of Mine by Kyle. Oh, okay. I thought just, there was so much fun to have. It was so positive, it was so lighthearted, so, like, enjoyable to hear. Um, you know, he'll he'll have a maybe average song, and he'll follow up with a song with Kelani that sounds, you know, phenomenal. Right. Uh, obviously, I don't need to talk about I Spy. I Spy was his, you know, big hit. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other songs here that are just great. Like, I played the one jam a couple weeks ago. Uh, Babies, I think it was. That mm-hmm. just sounds so good. And, he, and he's got this sound that he doesn't always go for. But when he goes for it, he like he knocks it out. Yeah, you're right. So to me, this was and nobody really knows him. Yeah, he he kind of gets like a uh little dicky kind of treatment, like he's like a joke or something. Yeah, I don't know why, cause he's he can rap. He's talented. Yeah, he puts together good, good songs. 
Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, last one is our songs, right? Yep. You okay. want me to start off with this one? Yeah, go ahead. I'm pretty sure you've heard, yeah you you have to have maybe well I don't know I'll go into it number five I put Rap Devil. Okay, good pick. I just thought, I mean, it was one of the more impactful songs of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought MGK kind of came out of nowhere, man. I, I love that he just he just appeared with it, and it was it just became what it became. Right. It was probably the best diss track of the year. I don't know if I'm missing some secret beef between two artists that nobody knows, but uh, yeah, man, I thought he hit Eminem. Uh, granted, it didn't have the effect that I thought it would, but I think looking back on it years from now, I think people are going to be talking about Rap Devil way more than they're going to talk about Killshot. I agree. And it's it's I actually I forgot Killshot even existed. Yeah, and for a diss track, it's surprisingly a good song. Yeah. The hook is very quotable. It's very relatable actually if you get into it. And a lot of the line like he mixes some comedy in there, some aggression and he has a good balance of it. Yeah, he does. You're right. Uh at number 4, um and this was kind of a I just I was looking through all the songs that I really loved this year that I've kept on replay and I didn't realize how much I loved it but I don't understand it by Dave East. <laughs> wow. I don't know I don't know if you remember this song but it's the song that cuts off randomly. Yeah, I know. I know which one you're talking <sighs> Man, his flow, that whole song is probably one of the hardest flows of this year. Yeah, for sure. It just he sounds really good on it's such an aggressive in your face like beat and his voice goes with it so well. Yeah. Um at number 3, I had uh, a little bit of a recent track, uh Spider-Man uh highlight Sunflower. Oh, okay. I don't know, man. I good I just bit. had a lot of fun listening to this song. It's one of the few songs that's been popping up on the radio where I actually enjoy listening to it. It's by the two, you know, top tier artists of the of our time right now, at least. Yeah. And I, I really Can wanted it... to get a Sway Lee feature on my list. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't make it, but I thought they both sounded incredible. And what a combo. I mean great it was a great combination yeah. those two because they're very similar in what they're good at good at the same things i think at number two i have a and if we did underrated songs uh, this would make my list but uh drip by cardi b oh, and, wow, okay. and migos i thought for um of all the songs that blew up off her album surprisingly yeah. this wasn't one of them yeah I, and the thing is, like, I forgot about it until, um, what is it, the Mountain Dew commercials is on Yeah. Now? Yeah, and every time it comes on there, I start singing it, singing along. Yeah, it, it's a great if song. If you really go back to it, like, they're so, the chemistry's, like, they all bounce off each other. They go into their verses. They all sound really good. Yeah, they do. They all sure. kill it. Yeah. Which you, you, yeah. it's hard to say that about me goes on every track. Usually there's, 
one of them or a couple of them that don't sound that great, but with right. this one, Cardi B sounds great, and I love what they did with the the hook. Cardi and Offset kind of bounce off each other. That was real cool. Right. And at number one, um, the guy who's probably put out the least amount of music of anybody we talked about, but Summertime Magic, Childish Gambino. Wow, that's your favorite song of the year. I've I anytime it comes on, I have not wanted to skip it once. Good pick. I love that. I song. just it's his vocals are some of the best out there. And I mean he Whoa. Okay, I like it. I just I like it's it. It's so versatile. He hits so many notes. He and he sounds different from anybody else. You surprise me sometimes, man. You really do. I just, uh, yeah, man. I, <laughs> I this I list. I swear that is the last song. This list had life. me shook. It really did. <laughs> that is the last song out of everything this year that I would pick for you to say. I thought you were gonna say. I don't know. Yeah, man. I just, just couldn't pick. stop listening to it. Good pick. Okay, I like it. Um. Man, my list is so lame compared to yours. But okay. Um first I'm gonna go with uh my fifth favorite song this year was B I D by Tory Lanez. <laughs> and that was on his uh Memories Don't Die album, for those who do not know. Um Man, I heard it leak like a while before the album came out and I downloaded it immediately and since then I've played it over and over I think it's on like my Spotify wrapped top 5 of the year um, I just love the energy man Tori is cool he's kind of funny in there I mean it's a great song great song um, and I already said I love the album uh, number 4 I have 92 Explorer by Post Malone yes talked about the album talked about good the album. pick it's my favorite song on the album by a long shot. And I I play it all the time. I love that song, man. I love it. Uh I don't have anything else to say about post. We already went there. Um number three, I have uh Pops by They. And I played it as a gym. And it's a weird it's kind of a weird song because it's actually a diss to his dad. It's like a diss song about his dad. But I like it, man. And me and my dad are close, and I, it feels weird listening to it <laughs> and singing it. <laughs> but I really, I love the song, man. And they're weird because they use a lot of guitar and they and they rap and they sing. And it's, I don't know, man. It's a good song. I would encourage people to listen to it. Um, I already played it as a gem anyway. But uh, what is this? This is two. My second favorite song. Is Keep in Touch by Tory Lanez and Bryce. I like it. We've talked about I like it, it like five times already. Great song. I love I think they both did a great job. They did. I love the beat. Um I just love what the song is about, etc. Because I've for those who don't know, Mike, you know, I've moved like fifteen times yeah. in my life. So when I hear like the song Keep in Touch, like it, it it brings back my memories because that's I always think about the same thing. I think about 
how I spent time with, you know, one of my girlfriends or, you know, not talking to him anymore. So it, it touches me in a different way than someone who's just casually listening to it. I really think about it. But um, my number one is kind of a shocker, but it's Shooting Shots by Trey Songs, Ty Dolla Sign, and Tory Lanez. And I think it's because I really like Ty Dolla Sign and Tory Lanez. And it's just a feel-good song, man. It's not a lot of feel-good songs anymore. And it's one of those songs I could picture myself playing at like a little kickback party with my friends and just chilling. Um, those kind of songs always have the best replay value. They do. Exactly. And I, I like it, man. It, it makes me feel good. I play it in the mornings uh, to get me going sometimes. It's one of those. But... um. Yeah, man, those are my favorite songs of the year. Um, yeah. I uh, think that's it for music. I think we talked about everything. Yeah. Uh, you you want to get in the movies still? Yeah, we got we got some it? time. Let, let's we could get like five ten minutes in the movies. All right, you go go ahead with your favorite movies of the year, and I'll go with my anticipated for next. All year. right, perfect. All right, go ahead. Um. Uh, real quick, I saw Bumblebee and Aquaman to wrap the year up, mm-hmm. and Aquaman just barely missed my top five, but it was amazing. Good. It was every DC. DC is on the right track with these individual movies, and I hope they continue to do more of this because Aquaman is so much fun. Especially in the, if if you get a chance to see it in theaters, you have to because the whole I'm going. I'm going tomorrow. I already Dude, got tickets. So. I, I want to hear what you what you have to say about it, but yeah, man, the the effects are are good for. I mean, ninety nine percent. There's an effect here and there where maybe you might think it's not real, but every movie has that. And I think the performances were great. Jason Momoa like shocked everybody. I could I could I think I could assume that because I really didn't think he could hit emotional notes. Like he does I've, at times I've, in this movie. I've been a fan for a while. I'm I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, uh, and Bumblebee was it was good, and I know it's getting really good reviews and and good word of mouth, but it's it's just it's what I wanted ten years ago. Transformers <laughs> should have started like this. Was that ten years ago? With two thousand nine, I want to <laughs> say I think so. Yeah. Man, it just, Shia, Shia it's just, we didn't need five movies and then this, like, it just, it just feels weird to me. But if you, if you're a fan of Transformers, this is what you should see. Because this is a Transformers, like, beginning, opening story done right. It's just, I just think it's too late. Anyway, for my, (laughs) for my top five, I'll hit them quick. Um, Number five, Game Night. It's oh wow okay. the only comedy the only comedy that I even considered putting on my list. Yeah. Um. I just I thought it was so much fun in the theater, and I've rewatched it a couple times. That was that was Jason Bateman. Yeah, Bateman with uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, that was good. I like. I I loved what they did. <laughs> I loved how the story progressed. I loved how each character had their own like thing. Um. 
and the neighbor. And yeah, the neighbor was stole the show. A lot of the scenes. He really. Did. Um. Yeah, man. I just think they kept it simple while at the same time having a lot of fun with it. And yeah. the music surprisingly was really good. Okay. Uh, at number four, I had another low-key uh, sci-fi upgrade. Now, this was a, a one a lot of wow. people missed. <laughs> it's got yeah. uh, Logan Marshall Green, I believe is his name. Uh-huh. Uh, like the Walmart version of Tom Hardy, as a lot of people call him. <laughs> a lot of people call him that? I don't think so, but I've called him that. <laughs> I like it. But, uh, yeah, man, he does a great job. And I think the movie flows really well. I think the story is something people have seen before where it's kind of artificial intelligence. But yeah. it, it's done in a cool way where it's a little bit different than other movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. At number three, I had, and a lot of people probably put this at number one, but Mission Impossible Fallout. For sure. No need so to So much explain. fun. Just so much fun. Great movie. Uh, it yeah. keeps you on the edge of your seat. Never stop. Uh, Tom Cruise is amazing as always, doing his own stuff. The Mission Impossibles are just not fair. They're like fine wine. <laughs> like <laughs> they just get better and better and better. Like. Yeah, I mean, this was like the first one. I guess they really added like a that kind of a twist. Right. I guess. Man, it was good though. At number two, I had okay. another big one that uh, I feel like maybe not as many people saw as they should have, but Ready Player One. Mm, good pick. I just, another one it that, uh, I love the references, I love all the callbacks, yeah. but I love that they didn't rely on that. The story was still its own thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the kid, I forget his name, Ty, Ty Sheridan, I want to say. Yeah, I'm not um, sure I don't know either. if that's right, but he does a great job. He and he's been doing a great job in all the stuff I've seen him in. But it's Spielberg, man, he delivers us another classic. And yeah, you can go. count off his classics like there's just so many great movies from him. But this one, just an another add another one to the collection for me. Right. And at number one, I mean, I don't know what else is there to say. I mean, three billion. People have seen it. Avengers, Infinity War. Of course. It's just, it's the objective number one. It's, if you're a move, uh, action movie fan, it's number one. If you're a comic book fan, it's number one. Hell, if you're a comedy fan, it might be number one. Yeah. It's just, it hits all those, all those emotions. It, the payoff, the, what fans have been waiting for for years, like the payoff is worth it. Yeah, it, it is, and it's I, sure. I can't wait to see where they go next. They I love that they left everybody you know jaw dropped, not knowing where it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was a per is a borderline perfect movie. I agree, especially for I having agree. to balance all that. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm gonna list off some of my most anti- anticipated movies of next year. Um. Um. I guess uh, I don't really ha- have them in order. Yeah, I just guess. give me like five. Uh, Glass, of course. I'm, I absolutely um, agree. 
Wow, dude, those trailers look amazing. They look amazing, man. McAvoy, I love McAvoy too. I, I love how he commits uh, to the role. For sure. Uh, and Sam Jackson's yeah, gonna be I'm great really too. Oh, of course. You could just see he's of having course. fun with it. Yeah. Um. And this is kind of a. <laughs> This is kind of a wild one, but Joker, man, I'm really interested in Joker. See what they do with it. Yeah. Now, I guess when I say anticipate, I'm not like I don't know if it's gonna be good. I don't know, but I really am. I'm curious. I'm definitely curious, especially since um, the other things that DC is doing. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is a good pick. I mean, weird pick. Not who I thought they would pick. You know. Based off their other picks for Joker, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm definitely interested. Of course, Avengers Endgame um, has to is, make the list. Yeah, that's number one. But um, I don't really think I need to say much about that. Uh, and this is kind of a I have two lame picks, really lame. But I gotta say, man, Lion King. I'm with I wanna, it. I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, the um, guy dropped my favorite song of the year. Maybe he'll give me the, my favorite performance of the year next. Yes. Gambino. And him singing Can't Wait to Be King. Whew. I'm ready. It's going to be fun. I'm ready. <laughs> we got oh, a song man. of the year contender, soundtrack of the year contender already. Oh, for sure. Beyonce's in it too, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Soundtrack of the year. Dude. Next year. Um, <laughs> Gotta be. And then, uh, <sighs> the teaser looks trash, but I got to see Sonic the Hedgehog, man. I got to no, see what they no, do with I'm it. I'm out. Man. I'm out I on that to. one. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be trash, and I'll be upset. Jim Carrey is Dr. Eggman, uh, Dr. Robotnik, for those who are Sonic fans, uh, I'm curious, man. Sonic has been trashed Sonic. over the years by the video game industry. I feel like the, sure. the movie industry is going to do the exact same thing. Oh, for sure. They probably will. And I'll, I'll be upset, but I got to see, though. I gotta... That's fair. I got you. <laughs> I got to see it. Um, Captain Marvel, I'm not that an- anticipating. The trailers but... uh, have done a good job of getting me more excited. I agree. Um, and one that's not really getting a lot of press is the New Mutants. Have you seen? I, I saw. Like, I think the read the first trailer it looks interesting. It does look interesting. I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. And then I'm pretty sure this comes out next year. Dark Phoenix. Uh yeah, the trailer came out right. Yeah. That opening trailer was pretty good. I'm not, and I was not excited for that. Yeah, I. I, I'm ready. Um, and then two more. I, I know I'm way past five, but I'm just now I'm just naming them. Um, the Men in Black International with Chris Hemsworth. I'm out. And Another Tessa one, Thompson. I'm out. That, hey, man. It looks funny. Why? Why? Who fucking sat there? In, and I'm not going to lie. The cast is interesting. Yeah, but... that's all. I don't know what. They don't need to bring Men in Black Absolutely back. Of course. Not. Anyone with any sense I, would agree on yeah, that? Yeah, I will say, but, like, if they keep it different, 
Like, if they do their own thing, I think it'll be yeah. better for them. Okay. I could see that. So. Um, and then lastly, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, man. Um, Leonardo and Brad Pitt, the Quentin Tarantino I'm movie. I'm ready, yeah. I don't need a trailer. I don't Robbie. need anything. Dakota Fanning, Al Pacino, come on, I'm, man! I'm ready. I'm beyond ready. I don't even know what it's about. Just, just hand out the Oscars, <laughs> like, dude. Just forget the nominations. Just hand out the Oscars to everybody who's in the movie. Yeah, I don't even. I don't need to see a trailer either. I don't need to see a plot. Just the that cast. Are you kidding me, dude? Tarantino's a proven commodity. I mean, he's missed out of his what nine movie. He he's missed maybe once, and and I like Jackie Brown, but I know a lot of people aren't huge fans. That's the miss. I mean, maybe wow. Kill Bill two. Oh yeah, Kill Bill two was a miss. A little bit of a slow burn, but I, I didn't think it was it wasn't terrible. Right, it wasn't terrible. Those that Grindhouse and Death Proof, he could yeah, Death like, Proof, he could have let it go. <laughs> you're right you're right so. that was his official miss <laughs> the rest of them i think he did that great, shit was man. such a miss i forgot it fucking existed <laughs> <laughs> and he's already shown great chemistry with brad and leonardo Facts, yeah. so we already know what we're getting with that fire so that's that actually is my number one i guess because i have no idea what it's what's gonna happen with it yeah you know so, so yeah, man. Um, 2019 should be a good year for movies. Yeah, I got one that I'm excited for. Every, all the other ones, you well, two, I guess. Godzilla was one that yeah. looks interesting. Uh-huh. And also Alita Battle Angel is something that caught my yeah, eye. Yeah, the, um, the half 3D, half yeah. real with the... Um, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, they got Christoph Waltz in there. Uh, they got Robert Rodriguez directing it. So he, he's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, yeah. But he's he's put out some interesting movies. So I think... And he's been gone for a little while. Yeah. So I'm excited yeah. to see. And this movie's been in development for a pretty long time. So mm-hmm. hopefully it turns out well. I'll, I want to just give some shout-outs of movies I definitely wish they wouldn't make next year and that's shazam oh that looks with uh what is the guy's name i don't know zachary levy dude he he looks like he's setting up to be one of the worst superhero performances ever dude i I cringed numerous times in the trailer like dude who fucking greenlit this ryan reynolds probably paid them to make that movie (laughs) just to save him from <laughs> that shit does not look good i hope i hope i'm wrong i love being wrong on you know thinking movies will be bad and then they just shock me i don't think we're but wrong yeah this way it's hard the trailers just look a special kind of bad like batman and robin bad yeah shout out to george clooney um toy story 4 i wish they wouldn't do yeah they don't need to yeah, let Toy Story die, man. It was good. Let it go. Aladdin. I saw Will Smith. I don't like it. I forgot I don't about like that. How he looks. I forgot to talk to you about that. Actually, <laughs> I was gonna send you that little like the link of the picture. Man, he looked awful. 
He looks disgusting. <laughs> Dude, I was sitting there. I like how they have Aladdin. Aladdin looks cool. And and yeah, Princess and Jasmine looks, looks good. pretty good too. Dude, yeah, they had to they had to find somebody drop dead gorgeous to be her. And they did. Dude, Will Smith looks like he's what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Oh, my dude, God. Aladdin's one of my favorite cartoons like like animated movies ever. Yeah. I I will not forgive them if they fuck it up for me with this shit. I have a good feeling it's not going to be good. But it's just like, it's Will uh, Smith. But then again, he was in fucking Suicide Squad, so. Yeah, but. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Another one I don't want to want to see is Dumbo. Dumbo is one of my favorite Disney cartoons ever. And. I, I don't need to say The trailer that. looks okay, but beyond that, I agree with you. Um, what was the other one? I saw John Wick three. Why? Let it go. Nah, I'm a, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> With Halle Berry. What is I don't know. Berry that's do that's a here? mistake. But outside of that, I'm ready. Keanu Reeves is like a guilty pleasure. Like anything he's in, I'm down. I do not want John Wick three, but I'll still probably watch it. Pokemon Detective Pikachu. No, thank you. I'm out. We talked about that yeah, already. Zombie Land Two. No, thank you. This one I'm on the fence of is Hobbs and Shaw. What the fuck? Jason. Yeah, Jason Statham. Took and, me a uh, sec. I thought they didn't the like Rock. each other. I I swear I read some news thing that like they did not speak to each other on set or something. No, I think it's I think Vin and The Rock. Oh. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know, but. Statham and The Rock have their own movie. Okay. I'll, own Fast and Furious that's movie. So actually. It is. I, I don't know if I want it, but I know I don't not want it. <laughs> so, and then Happy Death Day 2. I don't... No, thank you. I'm good on that one. But, <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Um. But, yeah, that's it, man. That's all I, I got. I think the 2018 is a wrap. It is. What a year, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to play our um, number one songs that we chose. Uh, because I like, I really like your pick, I'm going to play mine first, and we're going to close out with yours, all right? All right. You caught a vibe, vibe, shooting shots, why not? You call the vibe, shooting shots, why not? Tell me the thank you would do Baby, I'ma do it for you I'm going non-stop, my spot You call the vibe, shooting shots, why not? Tell me the thank you would do Baby, I'ma do it for you, yeah 200 bands when I walk through I double back when I saw you I paid the way for your chauffeur We setting goals for the culture She said I had a friend I ain't even know it I'm fucking with you now Guess she must have blow it You know the real me It's more than feeling Give you that energy 
my spot, you caught a vibe Shooting shots, yeah. why not? Tell me the things you want to do Baby, I'ma do them to you I'm going not stop My spot, you caught a vibe Shooting shots, why not? Tell me the things you want to do Baby, I'ma do them Got a sign, yeah Got me going non-stop I'm a guinea draw top Valentino talk with the center bar down I'm a thicker down, say she want a real nigga VVS your bracelet and your necklace Some bitches have naked, you so reckless I can with your bestie if you let me Sloppy when she give me Becky Don't be busy I'm gonna stop my spot, you caught a vibe Shooting shots, why not? Tell me the things you want to do Baby, I'ma do them to you I'm going non-stop My spot, you caught a vibe Shooting shots, why not? Tell me the things you want to do Baby, I'ma do them to you, yeah When I hit it, is it good shape? Ain't nothing better than that pussy, baby Come let it rain, baby The way you workin' that dick And you deserve a raise, baby I gotta say, that pussy is great I'm feelin' the way, baby Tell me how my tongue can feel on your waist, baby Tell me how you want it to And I can guarantee I Be the one to give it to you I'm going stop my spot You call it vibe, shootin' shots Why not? Tell me the things you wanna do, baby Baby, I'ma do it to you I'm going non-stop My spot, you call it vibe Shooting shots, why not? Tell me the things you want to do Baby, I'ma do them to you, yeah Baby, I'ma do it Baby, I'ma do it So that concludes 2018 for us, man. We will be back in 2019. And um, good year, man. It was a yeah. good year. A lot of stuff happened this year. Um, I want to just say a quick shout out to Lil Peep, Triple X, and Mac Miller's families. Uh, lost some good ones this year. Lost more than that. Aretha Franklin, too. Um, obviously I'm missing other people, but those are because we mostly talk about hip hop. I just named those. Um, we will be back next year, which is a week from now, but, uh, I'm gonna close it out with summertime magic by Childish. You got anything to say? Thank you guys for listening and, uh, look forward to more content. Yeah, for sure. And new things coming. 2019 we're gonna try to have more guests maybe video so look out for us